0: This weekend. So if you want to be in a revival group, sign up. We'll start next Sunday or next week. We'll be getting back into those. We want you to continue to join us in prayer. We're praying for God to send us revival. We want revival in this house. We know that God's called us to be a revival house and that it's going to require us living differently and praying different prayers and singing different songs. Come on. Hello. Come on. Offering different sacrifices into the Lord. So join us in prayer. We're breaking up the fallow ground Today we're starting the Daniel fast. Um, if you haven't already started it, we're going to start it at sundown. So today, starting this week, we'll go 10 days. So 10 days from today, we'll do a Daniel fast. We're going to do the one they did in Daniel chapter 1 when the, they came and they said, here's all the king's food and the king's wine. You're going to eat all this. And Daniel was like, no, we've purposed in our heart. We will not be defiled with the king's food and his wine. We're going to eat a a, a meal. And we're going to have a diet that pleases our God. And he's like, well, I'm worried about that because if you guys look really bad and everyone else looks really good and you start getting really dumb and everyone else gets smarter, they're going to kill me. He's like, just give me 10 days. Um, Daniel said, give me 10 days because they purposed in their heart they wouldn't be defiled. So for 10 days, they did this Daniel fast of fruit and vegetables and water only. And you know the rest of the story. If you've read it, if you've heard it, after 10 days, they came to inspect them. And guess what? Daniel and Hananiah and Azariah and Mishael were better looking than all the rest. Come on. They were wiser than everyone else. Their countenance was better. And the Bible says that he said, all right, you can continue on your God's diet uh, because it clearly works for you guys. And the Bible says that God continued to give favor to Daniel and Hananiah, Azariah and Mishael. And then he gave them supernatural wisdom to understand mysteries, come on, to solve problems. And they were more wise than anyone else in the, in the king's wise men. They were the wisest. They were the best. And so today we're going to start that. I know it's a crazy list. Do your best. The goal here is to set aside a time unto the Lord. I'll probably talk a little bit more about that in a moment, but we're starting that today. We'll have a prayer meeting uh, in, two, in not, two Saturdays from yesterday. So we'd love for you to join, that, join us for that as well at 5 o'clock. Um, we'll take up the offering here. If you have offering in person, we can take it up now. We have buckets Thank you for those that give online. God's been really good and faithful. How many had a good 21? Good 2021. 2021. It was a good year. Well, God, God's going to continue to bless us. Uh, who wants to be debt free? I feel like the Lord's been giving me dreams about paying debt off and just being debt free and paying houses off early and things like that. So um, I think that's the best way to live. You know, I'm, there's a guy out there named Dave Ramsey. He kind of has a pretty good uh, teaching on all this. If you want to um, just owing no man, being debt free. Uh, there's it sets it frees us from the oppressive nature of debt and god wants to do that for us So I just want to bless you and your business for those that you work for So if you want as I pray call out the company you work for call out your boss's name Uh, we want them to look like geniuses. We want to help them look awesome We want to help our companies make more money save money. So god I ask that you bless the people we work for bless our bosses bless our companies I ask that they will be hiring when other people are letting go and laying off. God, we thank you that we live in the great state of Texas. Come on. And you've just done something special here. There's a freedom in our economy that's not in a lot of places. And God, we don't take that for granted. We ask that you continue to bless Texas. And we know this because there's so many people that serve you here and seek your face. We ask that you continue to to be the true love of our hearts and bless us, God. Bless our families with health. With prosperity in every way. You said that we would prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. So, God, yeah, we love to talk about prosperity and finances, but God, we want to be prosperous in our souls and prosperous in our health. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're gonna we're just gonna move straight into it. I'm not gonna do the the offering declaration. We're just gonna jump right into it today. And um, if you have your offering, we'll pass the bucket. You're not going to disturb me. Uh, there are a couple places I want to go, and I kind of want to see how we'll tie this together over the next week or so. Um, but as we're, we're talking about going into a fast as a church, amen? And uh, this is something we used to do a lot. We haven't done it in a long time, and uh, there's no good reason for it. We just haven't done it, but that's going to change. We're going to start calling more fast throughout the year. Some kind of different fast, sometimes we'll do an electronic fast, we'll do whatever. But the Lord's calling us to be different people. And this is the main reason I felt the Lord call us to a fast. It wasn't just because he's given us a mandate to be a revival house, to be a place where his presence dwells, where people get saved, healed, and delivered, but he wants to change us into different people. And I don't want to be the same person going forward. So that's, that's the target that I have for this fast for me. Like, okay, God, like I can look around. I can see things that, that, man, I'm really proud of what you've done in my life. Thank you for that, God. But I also see that I'm still a wretched man. And I don't want to be that guy. And I want to read from Romans chapter 7 just to start us off today because we're entering into a fast. And I want this kind of to be the focus of it. It's Romans chapter 7, verse 13. I'm going to start with verse 12. It says, Therefore, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and just, and good. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. All right? For we know that the law is spiritual, amen? How many know that the law is spiritual, the law of God? The law of the Lord is perfect. The Bible says it converts the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. So we know that the law is spiritual, but how many would agree with this part? But we're carnal. We're carnal. And we're sold under sin. We've been slaves to sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. Anyone ever been there before? Why do I do the things I do? Why am I doing this? Why do I practice these things? But what I hate, that's what I'm doing. I say I love this thing and I want to be this, but then I end up doing this other thing and I don't understand why. But the things that I don't want to do and I say I hate, I find myself doing. So if then I do what I will, <laughs> will not to do, I agree that the law is good, but now there's, it is no longer I who do it, but sin who dwells in me. For I know that in me, that in my flesh, there's nothing good. Amen? We have no source in us. There's nothing good in us. For to will is pre- uh, the will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I can't find it. It's difficult to find the drive to become this thing that I say that I want to become, right? For the good that I want to do, I don't do it. But I do the evil that I don't want to do, and I practice that. Now, if I do... What I don't want to do, it is no longer me, but it's sin influence on me. Amen? Let's keep going. It's a tongue twister, and I picked the terrible translation for it. I didn't pick the simple one, so I'm trying to translate as I go and make it simpler. But it says, I find then a law that is evil present within me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inner man, but I see another law at work, Inside my innermost being, it's warring against the law of my mind, and it's bringing me into captivity to the law of the sin in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. And this is Paul crying out, who will deliver me from this body of death? And how many felt that before? And I I think this is an appropriate place for us to start a fast. I'm wretched God. I like Let's not create a list of the good we, we do. Let's just start with the fact that I'm, I'm a sinner and I need you, Jesus. I'm desperate for you. I'm not who I need to be in every way. I'm a wretched man. Who will deliver me from being this person? And then he answers his own question. Thank God that he finishes this. Thank God for verse 25. Because <laughs> he could have stopped. But no, I thank God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And he's saying there's a breakthrough for this. There's a change. I thank God because Jesus Christ paid the penalty for, for me to become a different man. And then Romans 8.1. We all love it, right? There is therefore no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. How many have ever felt condemned before? I'm not enough. The partner of condemnation is shame and guilt. And what we typically do when we feel shame and guilt is we try to cover ourselves. We try to mask ourselves. We do what we did in the garden from the beginning. Uh, we cover our nakedness with whatever we can find around us. And we like, okay, I'm not naked anymore. No, I'm still naked. And he's saying, but there's no condemnation. There's no need to cover and hide yourself because God sees through all of this stuff. So don't allow yourself to be condemned any longer. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because he became the second Adam so that you and I could be set free from the law of sin and death. Come on. Those who are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. Who? Walk according to the flesh, but not according to the spirit. Now, here's the, here's the key to all of this. I have to purpose in my heart to stop living according to my flesh desires, and I have to begin to walk after the spirit. I, I condemn myself by my actions. And if I will change my mind, and I've, I will uh, attach myself and my affections to the spirit, then I will begin to live those things out and I will no longer condemn myself in the flesh because Jesus Christ will take over and I will no longer live, but Christ will live in me. Amen? It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So chapter seven, oh, woe is me. I'm horrible. I'm doing all the stuff I don't want to do. And the things I say I want to do, I don't do those. What is wrong with me? Jesus Christ came to set us free from that. To put a new law inside of us, a law of life. Mm. For what the law could not do because it was weakened through the flesh, God did by sending his own son Jesus in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Everyone say life life and peace. Chapter seven doesn't sound like life and peace. It sounds like turmoil. It sounds like pain. It sounds like shame. It sounds like condemnation. It sounds like guilt. But Jesus came to take that away from us to make us into different people. The law of the spirit of life, of life in Christ Jesus, of life and peace. He came to not just convert us in our eternal life. He came to convert us in our life here and now. On earth, abundant life here and now. He came to set us free. He came to convert us and change us into different people. The, the carnal mind is at enmity with God. It cannot submit to God. Those who are living according to the flesh cannot please God. But we are not of the flesh. And we say, I'm not in the flesh. But in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in me. Whew. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, then he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, everyone say, if Christ is in me, then the body is dead. Come on. The body is dead to sin. The body is dead to sin because Christ is in me. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the spirit, come on, y'all say this. If the spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives in me, he will also strengthen and give life to my mortal body body. we can be different people we can be different people amen so we're going into a fast and we could ask God for a lot of different things we could put at the center of the of our fast a lot of different purposes and reasons and they would all be good but I think the best thing to put the target that we're putting this fast toward is I want to be a different person I don't ever want to be the same I want to live differently. See, see, Jesus came to give us life abundantly. All our fountains are in him. That means that if we can guard our heart, then it will, it will give life to every spring and every fountain of our life. Some of us have, I mean, we have really great faith that God can breathe life into this thing or God can breathe life into that thing. But we don't always allow God to breathe life into every part of us. I'm guilt. I'm standing here today preaching my sermon to myself. God can make me a better man. God can make me a better friend. God can make me a better father, a better husband, a better provider, a thoughtful person. God can do that. And he did pay that price already. And if I believe that God can save my soul for eternity, then he can convert me into a different person right now. This is what I want. I want to do the things that I say I want to do. I want to keep my commitments. That's why we're fasting, because we want to become converted into different people. Why fast? Because we're repenting. We're calling a fast because we're repenting. We're repenting from sin, from idolatry, and we're asking God to give us spiritual freedom. We're fasting because we're humbling ourselves. With every fast, that's the key to fast. It's it's a humbling ourselves. I'm humbling up myself before God. I'm emptying myself of inferior pursuits. Are you all okay? I'm seeking God above every other thing in my life. I'm asking God for guidance and for direction. I told y'all how in Jonah 3, we talked about this a few times. When they called the fast, they're like, no one eats. The babies don't eat. The animals don't eat. The baby animals don't eat. No one eats and i would love for you just again let's go there let's get a let's get an image in our head and let's get the whole all our senses working here can you imagine the sound of 120,000 people not eating and all of the babies let's just say 10% of them are babies so let's just say there's probably, maybe more than 10% were young kids 10% were babies crying nonstop and then all of the animals, they had to have many animals, not just one or two. They didn't just have a pet goat. They had a bunch of goats. And all the baby goats weren't allowed to eat. They separated them from their moms. Can you imagine the sound of the goats, the sheep, the, the, the cows, the horses, every animal there was, the dogs, the cats, all of them starving because they're fasting, the, the sound that that brought to the whole city of Nineveh? I bet you could walk outside and hear the cry of their hunger. And the whole reason they did it was because God says, if you do not repent, I'm going to destroy your entire city. And they said, we're calling a fast. No one's eating. And maybe God will hear the cry of the babies and the animals and and, and relent his judgment on us. And guess what? God heard their prayer. God heard their fast. That's why we're fasting. You know, she opened up with Isaiah 6, and this is the proper attitude. This is the the humility that I was speaking of. He he could have said, I'm righteous and everyone else is sinful. Like, I'm the one seeing the Lord. (laughs) No one else is having a vision of heaven right now, right? I'm the one standing face to face and seeing God, seeing his train fill the temple. But his response is, it wasn't, "Hey, I live among unclean people and I'm also unclean." His first response was, "I'm unclean. And I live among unclean people." For us to think that we're not tainted with the same how do I say, with the same stench of sin as the world yeah. is arrogant. It's arrogant for us to think that. No, we're repenting. We're part of the problem. The Bible says that repentance and judgment must begin at the house of God. Like we, We've got to stop pointing to the world and be like, oh, the world is so wicked. The world is so sinful. No, 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 no. The world is only in the condition it's in because we're in the condition we're in. And we need Jesus to come and change us into other people. We need to be the men that we say we are, the women we say we are. We need to be the believers that, that believe the things we say we believe into places where it becomes action in our lives. And the Lord's calling us to that as a church. He's calling us to that as individuals. What are we believing for? I'm believing that God would transform us. I'm going to be transformed. I want to be a different person. I want to be transformed inside and out. I, I'm, I'm praying that God would would till up the fallow ground that he would break it up and they would become fruitful again i'm praying that many people will be saved healed and delivered i'm praying that revival would come and never leave come on i'm praying for the favor of god to come upon us in wisdom in discernment in understanding of mysteries in stewarding the kingdom these are the things i'm asking god for and guess what the key to all of it is me being transformed you being transformed are you all okay I want the Lord to mark us to mark us as a people like they even said that about the disciples they're like these are the dumb disciples they're not educated they don't they're fishermen like they don't have a, a high-ranking job in the class in, in society they're they're just fishermen that's all they know they're the Bible called them ignorant and unlearned man I would love for that to be on my business card right go around hey I'm ignorant and unlearned <laughs> Uh, But that was who they were. But the Bible says that everywhere they went, the people took note that they had been with Jesus. There's still a little bit of old thinking in us. That God's presence and God's glory is locational. And what I mean by that is that when I'm in this setting, it's easy for me to lean into what heaven's doing. It's easy for me to jump into the river of God. It's easy for me in this atmosphere to lead in this way or to be this way. But when I go into the workplace or I go into my house or I go into the the community, it's not the same. And that's not the kingdom and the Lord needs to 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 rid us of that thinking today. The Bible says that in Ezekiel, that the river of God flows out from the house of God and it starts out really shallow. But the further away from the house of God, it gets the deeper it gets. It doesn't get shallower away from the, the altar of God. It gets deeper. Yet so many of us, we, we live our lives like I can function as a transformed person in this setting but I don't do it in all settings. And that's not conversion. That's not being transformed. And that's limiting God and saying, well, I know you can do it here, and I thank God that you've transformed me there. But no, he transforms all of us. And I'm standing here today telling you, there are places in my life that I still don't let God fully transform me. Or I don't fully step into my authority in this area. And I don't know why. I could write Romans 7. I don't know why you, you, you put me in this setting and boom, I can step into it. But boy, over here, I'm, I'm taking a break, man. I'm off duty. And the Lord's saying no more. I think it was a Pharisee problem, too, because the Bible says that. The Pharisees would be like, hey, we do all these things. Like he's like, Yeah, you're right. You tie this and you tie that and you do these things, but you but you forget the weightier things. Sure, you do the things that are easy for you to do, but the things that cost you, you don't do those things. And I hear the Lord calling us deeper to full. To full transformation. Like where all the pieces, we sing about it so much today. It was like perfect. When I thought I lost me, you knew where I left me. and You reintroduced me to your love. You picked up all the pieces. How many of you have ever felt like your life's been shattered? Just pieces here and pieces there. And let me tell you, when you go through a shattering, and you can be shattered for different reasons. Some of us can cause our shattering. We can do something really foolish and just shatter our lives. Some of us can be betrayed, and it can shatter our hearts. Some of us can have horrible things done to us, or we can do horrible things, and it can break us into pieces. And then we come to Jesus, come on, and we're like, thank you, Jesus, you saved me. And we see him begin to pick up the pieces, and we see his light shine in these dark places of our lives, but we're still shattered all over. And some of us are not integrated yet. And what I mean by that is, yeah, he's brought light to these things, but he wants to bring light to the whole house. And he wants to bring it back into unification. He wants to bring it back into wholeness. That's what salvation means. It means wholeness. And he wants to take all the pieces of our lives. He's our defender. He knows what we're supposed to be, even if we're not that person yet. And he doesn't turn his love off because we're not that person yet. And he doesn't run away from us. And he doesn't shame us. He just says, come on, I'm picking up your pieces. I'm putting you back together. I want 22 to be a year where we become integrated into full wholeness. Every part of our lives, our health, our finances, our relationships, our outlook on life. Where it's not like, oh yeah, God's redeemed this part of me, but man, he's still really working on this part. God doesn't work on parts, He fixes it. We work on parts. We help ourselves. Well, I'm gonna I'm working on this thing in my life right now. I'm work working on it. Don't bother me. I'm working here. (laughs) Leave me alone till I'm a little bit prettier. I'm working on it. I'm reading a book. I'm I'm writing some disciplined things in my calendar to make me do this. No, 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 no. We work on stuff. He transforms it. And I, I know there are places that God's still healing in me that need to be healed. It's about time. Anyone else? It's time. Yeah, it's the... I don't know if this is for just me or for someone else, but sometimes it's safer to still have broken places. Because it's a built-in excuse. Well, you don't know how bad I was betrayed. Just give me some time. Look, no one was more betrayed than Jesus. He was betrayed by his friends. He was betrayed by his disciples. They ran and hid. One of them literally sold him out. Peter denied him. Thomas didn't believe it was him when he stood in front of him after the resurrection. The Bible says that Jesus was betrayed. He knows betrayal. You think he can handle it? But no one's been this broken. No one's been through this much. It's the, the day I'm talking to me. The time for excuses have come to an end. Yeah, we have the <coughs> we have the banners up. Salvation, freedom, healing. That's what the word salvation sozo saved, healed, delivered. It's a full deal. How many think when Jesus said it is finished? He meant it was finished. I want to keep on with this for a second. Give me a little leeway here. What if salvation, the infilling, and baptism of the Holy Spirit were meant to impact more than the church? (laughs) What if it was meant to wreck our family? What if his spirit in us could cause us to be like the Ark of the Covenant when it was at Obed-Edom's house? To where just because you punched your clock at work, they made money that day. Systems were solved. Problems were solved. Relationships were healed. Just because you went to work today. What if you're sitting in a meeting and you carry the solution to the company's gridlock? What if you carry it with you? What if you actually, your calling is to be present in your job and to be fully alive in Christ? All of your gifts manifesting themselves in the workplace, the same as if it was right here on Sunday morning. What if we became those kinds of husbands where the discernment we have for other people we have for ourselves? And the help that we can give to others, we can give to our own kids and our family. What if that's what we turn into? I think that's what it was all for. What if everywhere we went, the favor of God rests upon us and it brought blessing to people? And what if we did it on purpose? What if we were intentional about it? What if it wasn't just accidental? Like, oh, man, wolf. God, you just set that thing up. That was an awesome, that was an encounter, a divine encounter by you. What if that's that was how we lived our lives? What if you're not just working your job to make a paycheck? What if your kids don't just go to that school because that's where you live? What would it look like if all of our gifts were on all the time? Like on, not just in an anointed time of worship service. What if they were on all the time? Because that was how Jesus lived. Always on. Whoa, wait, someone touched me. Yeah, Jesus, everyone touched you. Yep, I know. But I felt virtue leave my body. He was on. Oh, hey, I've got to go to Samaria. Samaria. Well, we're your agenda, Jesus. I'm trying to keep you on schedule. Your agenda says we're going here. You're like, nope. I've got to go to Samaria. Okay. Hey, I I, I know your thoughts. <laughs> Jesus was always on, and the same Spirit that lived in Jesus lives in us. So, what if this fast we can say, hey, transform me, God. Turn me into a different person. Put your spirit in me and on me. He's in me for me. He's on me for others. We say it all the time. And what if I lived my life aware instead of asleep? I'm going to close with that. This is awake, awake, O sleeper. And Christ will shine upon you would you say that awake awake o oh sleeper that christ would shine upon me we live we live so unaware and i'm praying that during this fast that our awareness of his presence and of his kingdom would increase we sing it let us become more aware of your presence Let us be intentional. Let us be present in mind. God, integrate our minds so that they're not all over the place, but they're focused. Ashley read it last week, where there is no vision, the people perish. One translation says the people cast off restraints. One vision says they run aimlessly. May God give us new vision. May God give us new purpose, so that when I wake up in the morning, I awaken with purpose. I I love my almost seventeen year old son Josiah, who loves to sleep, <laughs> except for when you're supposed to sleep. And and here's his here's how he feels like, and I, I, he gets it from his dad. Well, if I have something that I'm supposed to do, then then I will I will want to wake up and be ready to do it. But if I don't have to do anything, then why get up early? Which is translation for I don't have a purpose to get up early, so I'm going to sleep. And I feel like that's been us as a church, that's been us as individuals like we have not felt the severity of the hour in which we live and we're like asleep We have the moments of of his presence and the moments of breakthrough, but not the full just breaking out where his waves just break over us and over us and continue. We have the moments, but not because I don't feel like we've fully tied into the purpose yet. So, God, I'm asking that as we fast, that you give us purpose, that you would awaken us from our slumber and from our sleep. Let Christ arise on us. Let him shine upon us. Let, let your light transform us into different people. <laughs> May you integrate us. Why don't you stand? We're praying into this. Convert us. Transform us. Pick up all our pieces. Give us a purpose. How many need a Purpose need a purpose. Jesus, Father, you're the one who gives us our identity and our purpose. And I ask that you would come today and give us fresh identity, fresh purpose. Awaken us from our sleep and our slumber, from our laziness, from our busyness. From working to earn wages only to put them in bags that have holes in them. Let us seek eternal things, God. You said it in Ecclesiastes. You have put eternity in our hearts. God, I ask that our hearts will begin to be drawn to eternal things. I ask, God, that there will be an awareness that happens over this fast, that we have to be different people, that as we humble ourselves and repent, that you awaken us. To our purpose. God, I ask that everyone here will begin to see that every single day that we awaken, we have a reason for awakening. There is a purpose. Every time we punch that clock, every time we walk through the doors of our office, there's a reason why we're there. Every time we return back to our homes, there's a reason we're in that home. Every time we gather together, there's a reason. Every person we run into and have a conversation with—it was a divine setup. God, I ask that you would turn us on to our purposes. Father, we're we're entering a fast. Because we need you. And we we humble ourselves even now. We turn our heart's affection and our attention toward you. We will not be distracted with the king's food. We will purpose right now. Would you pray this with me? I purpose in my heart that I will not be defiled by the things of this world. We're alive for one thing, and that's to walk with you. God, I ask that you would begin to open our eyes to the purpose for, for everything in which we do. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear. God, I ask that as we do this fast together, that you would stir up a hunger for you for righteousness. I ask that you would kill our flesh. Resurrect the spirit inside of us. Call us all to attention. God, do it in our families. Bring revival to our homes, to our relationships, to our businesses. Bring revival to our children's schools. God, I ask that you would continue what you've started here, bring it to a roaring fire. We know it's a a small ember right now, and we're taking really care. of It's still in the nest stage. We've got a little coal and some smoke and a little bit of fire in a nest, and we're caring for it. We're being careful. We know you've started something, and we want to care for it. So we're doing our research, and we're going back to do the things we used to do. And God, I ask that you would see this fast as a sacrifice, as an offering to you not as a bargaining chip, but as an offering of our love and our affection toward you. God, I pray that as we do this fast together, that you would give us dreams and visions. Give us encounters in our homes like we have in our church. God, I ask that you would break up the fallow ground in our hearts and that you would make us fruitful. Jesus. If you want prayer at the end, we want to pray for you, but we're going to, Shagoon's going to come up and lead us to, to start our fast. We're, he's going to lead us in communion together. So we'll pass out the elements and we'll, we'll do that to close out. But if you want prayer, we'll meet you here at the front.
1: Thank you, sir. I just bless the name of the Lord. Is worthy. We want to thank him for another year, want to thank him for direction, we want to ask him for guidance. Um, So we're going to take the communion. So Jesus commanded us in uh, Luke 22, verses 19 and 20, and I read, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And gave it to them, saying, this is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we're just doing this in remembrance of what Jesus told his disciples to do. Then 20 says, in the same way, after the supper... It took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So let's just open up and take the waffle. And as we are doing this, I just want us to remember, this represents the body of Jesus Christ that was broken on the cross. He was beaten. He suffered for us. So as we are taking his body right now, though his body was broken, he rose up again, and we leave. So that means any disease whatsoever, we are healed already. So I want you to just speak to that. If there's anything going on, any area of your body, anywhere you need healing. It could be physical, spiritual, emotional. Any kind of healing whatsoever is taken care of right now. So let's just take the bread. And the same way, the drank of the cup, which is the blood of the new covenant, and the blood signifies power. And the Bible tells us that there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. And this power is the same power <laughs> that rose him up. Yeah. And if I have that power in me, that means <laughs> anywhere I go, I'm dangerous. Yeah. So as we drink of his blood, we are marked. So, no evil shall come near us. That's what it means. Remember back in uh, the Pharaoh days that they had to put blood on their lampposts? Yeah. So, as we're entering this, as we've entered this year, as we'll be going through this year, no evil shall befall us because we are marked. Come on. So, let's drink of this blood. Thank you, Lord. And... I want to round up by, let's just read Psalm 121. We convert it into prayer. We start from, uh, let's, verse 5. Psalm 121, verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. So I want you to remember that. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. (laughs) I say that again. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. It shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this day forward and forevermore. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you. We appreciate you for a new year. We thank you for the guidance. We thank you for the guardians, too. And your word said, we will not stumble or fall. And you do not sleep or slumber. <laughs> so I know I'm in good hands. We know we are in good hands. So as we are in this year, 2022, we ask that you direct us, you guide us, you tell us what to do, you whisper in our ears. And anytime we feel ourselves that we are drifting away, you pull us back. Because you're a good shepherd. So, Father, we just thank you. We appreciate you. As we set forth this day, we go out, we go out in peace. Let the peace of the Lord follow us to our homes. If you are watching from your home, we declare the peace of the Lord in your homes right now. Father, we just thank you. You take all the glory, you take all the honor, and all the adoration. It is yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, have a good week.